0: your dessert garden is basically the same as your tea garden it's just a different way to look at your herbs and i like to say that i coined the phrase a dessert garden i don't know that i did but until someone tells me that they made it up first so with your dessert herbs mints rosemary lavender your scented geraniums your lemon verbena basically you're going to incorporate those into your dessert recipes like pineapple sage is wonderful over just a bowl of fresh fruit or we talked about the candy cane mint chocolate frosting which that whole my whole love of chocolate and cenedraniums is how this journey even got started (laughs) so it's all because i wanted to own a tea garden or a tea restaurant welcome to the
1: imperfectly empowered podcast with diy healthy lifestyle blogger anna former empowering you to transform your life One Imperfect Day at a Time. Hello and welcome back to the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Fulmer. After 15 years as a professional florist and a second career later as a pizzeria owner, Kim Snyder combined her love of flowers and cooking to publish a cookbook that features recipes with dessert herbs from her niche gardening technique passionate about inspiring women to bloom where they are planted. Welcome gardening expert Kim Snyder. Hey, Kim. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Anna. I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) It's so fun to have you. We were establishing getting over our technical difficulties. I've had so many issues. I've had to switch computers. It was so depressing. Technology in this space is a blessing, but also a burden. Mine just stopped working. My laptop, I had to reschedule so many interviews. I love pressing the rewind button and talking about people's backstories. And you have such a fun one. You went from, so you had this professional florist background, and then you were a pizzeria owner. Are you still a pizzeria owner or you're No. no longer? No. Well, okay. No,
0: I'm not still a pizzeria owner. We moved to Florida, so I left all that behind. Where were you? Where was your Illinois, um, central Illinois, small farming community wow. in the middle uh-huh. of the state, about a half an hour from Champaign, Urbana, where the University of
1: Illinois is. So, what was that transition like? Illinois to Florida. Were you like, why didn't we do this 20 years ago? But <laughs> well, actually, no. Oh, it was
0: quite a transition. I didn't think it's hot and humid in Illinois in the summer. Mm-hmm. And I had worked next to a 500 degree pizza oven. Four ish years. So I didn't think anything about moving to Florida until we got here. And it's humid 363 and a half days a year. And yeah. it's probably 80 degrees most of the time, if not hotter. Yeah. So I've had a hard time with that part, which most people yeah. would be like, get over it. But <laughs> you just don't
1: realize it's not, how- it's true though. It's not, it's hard for some people. Do not, that sounds fabulous to me, but I can understand. <laughs> Yeah. And your husband is with you as well. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Actually,
0: yeah. he was ready to leave the snow and ice. And we had lived on the farm that I had grew up on for 17 years. So I decided mm. four years ago that it was time to live somewhere where he wanted to live. And the timing is, mm. you know, worked out. And so here we are.
1: Oh, <laughs> in the humidity. That's, I, <laughs> so, my husband's ready to leave now. So we're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. We're in our 30s and he's already ready to move to a warm weather state. So I don't know where we'll end up in 30 years. But So tell me a little bit, you are a blogger and that is one of those things where there's a little bit more knowledge about blogging now. It's fun having some of my fellow DIY home decor bloggers on here and hearing their stories. Some were like, oh yeah, when I started, no one even knew what a blog was. And others... They didn't have that experience, which is fun. But your combined interests or your combined history, I think, is really fun when you read through your website because you have entrepreneurship experience. You also have the creative side between, you know, your love for florals. And so tell me a little bit, just sort of about your business progress and how you ultimately went from being a florist to a pizzeria owner to now you know, blogging for fun from Florida.
0: All right. Well, actually, when I first started in the business world, I was working in banking and accounting. Mm -hmm. And I was in my mid-30s. And it wasn't long before I figured out I was working really, really, really hard for somebody else's dream. And it was time to work for mine. So Mm -hmm. I started going to craft shows and My biggest downfall is I always think, oh, how hard can that be? And then I just barrel into something and then I figure out, oh, it's a little harder than maybe I that was. So I started out doing craft shows and my parents had a farm. And so I moved my business out there and had a little, I was probably about 20-ish years ahead of time because now everybody wants to grow herbs and they want to cook with herbs and they want to go to the herb farm. But I was a little bit ahead of my time and I was out in the middle of nowhere. That's so yeah, started this herb business, was still working full-time, a few people, and we started a business. Well, it was a antique shop slash flower shop in the small rural community where I had gone to high school. And there was four of us, and there was already a gentleman doing the flowers, and I was doing the antiques and herb-type mm-hmm. things. And so, anyway, long story What were you story. doing
1: with the herbs? What were you doing with the herbs at that point? At that point, I wasn't really growing them.
0: I was just making tea blends and potpourri. Huh. Okay. And at that point, I had already written my cookbook. So I was teaching classes at the adult education in Urbana, Illinois, and working okay. full time and then doing this other thing. So mm-hmm. it just all got to be too much. And <laughs> eventually, the other three people left the business and it was called Petals and Post. So the other three people left. I was left standing by myself. I decided, okay, I'm just done with all this other people things and Mm -hmm. learned how to become a florist, left my full-time job Mm -hmm. and started being a florist. And I did that for 15-ish years, but I was always watching this little pizzeria down the street and (laughs) was like, oh, I really want a restaurant. I want a restaurant. And my mom said, no, you can't have a restaurant. So anyway, long story short, ended up. Deciding that I was done with the flower shop, bought the pizzeria, integrated a little bit of the gift side of the flower shop into the pizzeria, kind of like a okay. little mini crate and, uh, cracker barrel. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And did that and, you know, developed recipes and wanted to write another cookbook, but never got that done.
1: So how did you, did you incorporate your love and knowledge of herbs into those? I'm just thinking that would be, I mean, a pizzeria would definitely be a place to incorporate herbs.
0: Yes. We wanted to have an herb garden in the back and grow our own oregano and our own fennel and our own rosemary and all that. But yeah. Again, you couldn't really grow enough. You just can't do it all. I know Martha
1: Stewart. Yeah, does it all. But you just, you know, say that again. You just can't do it all.
0: <laughs> say it for it those
1: of us in the back who still think we can do everything.
0: <laughs> so I did sell some culinary blends. Okay. Because the health department and all those different kinds of rules, you really couldn't be at least at that time blending your own things and selling them. So I was buying pre-made blends and you know selling them as like the secret pizza
1: ingredient or something like that. (laughs) It is interesting to think about how easy it is now to basically create whatever formula you want for anything, put a label on it and sell it, especially now with the internet and all the abilities to create your own marketplace and Salesforce. That is an interesting note. I always like to ask this question because of business owners. It is just a unique... The entrepreneur world is it's its own cup of tea, if you will. And there's a lot of challenges. And I think especially as women, we do face our own unique stressors, if you will, or barriers. Did you experience that at all in your going from, you know, one job to... You mentioned your mom was like, no, you can't have a restaurant. Yeah, I was... I was. We love you, mom. But yes, she can. And she did. (laughs) Well, her
0: parents had had a restaurant. And of course, in the... 50s and the 60s, it was different, but it is hard work. But yeah. you know, she seemed to think owning a restaurant was the hardest work in the world. And I was like, no, hmm. owning a flower shop in a rural community is the hardest work in the world because interesting. Yeah. It's kind of hard to explain, explain, but the bulk of my business came from funerals and oh. you know, possibly weddings and you can't control when someone's going to die. So yeah. I can't tell you the number of times we did all nighters. Because someone had passed away, but we had a wedding the next day. So mm. I was convinced when I bought the pizzeria that, you know, there were going to be no all nighters because no one is going to eat pizza for breakfast. <laughs> but we did have a couple of <laughs> catering jobs. So That's I did hilarious. have to go in early, but it was, it was not nearly. And of course I had a lot more employees in these world, but yeah, uh, yes, I did experience a lot of blowback when I wanted to close the flower shop because people. People just couldn't understand why do you want to close the flower shop? Because they don't see the hard work behind you. They only sure. see the pretty. They see the pretty, the fun. You know, Yeah. they think it's all fun and games to play with flowers all day. <laughs> and so I had a number of, and they weren't even friends. I mean, they were just people that would mm-hmm. come up to me and say, well, why do you want to do that? And just, mm-hmm. I would never do that. Well, and these are people who would never, had never been an entrepreneur. They had never owned a business. They had no idea what yeah. they were talking about. So yeah. anyway, it was just surprising.
1: Yeah, yeah. One is challenging too, I think, when you're wanting to set out on something and there's a difference when somebody asks you the question to like, oh, tell me what are you thinking here? Or like, what, what are your dreams? What are your goals? They might feel that it's not a good idea. But when you ask questions, As opposed to making statements, it leaves a much more open-ended discussion without the other person feeling shut down or discouraged. And I think what you're speaking to is that idea of, yeah, if there's something you don't understand, instead of making statements, maybe ask questions to try to gain understanding first. Was it difficult for you, like when you? Oh, so go go ahead. The I was going to say, say it wasn't like I woke up
0: one day and decided, oh, I'm going to close the flower shop mm-hmm. and open this pizzeria. I mean, I'd put right time and energy. I'd watched, yeah, you know, I'd thought about it for years. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like it was something I just woke up one day and said, oh, I'm going to do this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, that was from when I worked in the ER. I was blogging for. Mm, several years before I stepped away from bedside medicine. I mean I was actually you know on my phone like in between patients and I was all caught up in charting you know I was updating my whatever here and my whatever there till I had to see the next patient or whatever So it's to your point when I left medicine it's not like it was just a sudden decision you know and I had built, an interest i had built research i so to your point i think it is one of those things where anytime you make a serious pivot in life it can be easy for people looking in to not see all of the puzzle pieces that have been put into place in the process did you feel discouraged at all when you made these changes i did but i still i went ahead and plowed through
0: it ended up people just couldn't understand how I was going to incorporate, still incorporate some of Pedals and Porch Post into what we called yeah. making Pizza. That was the name of it. When the restaurant was under a different ownership, it was very tiny, but people didn't realize there was a whole nother part to the restaurant that they couldn't see Yeah, because it was behind a wall. So now you open up that wall. Okay, then here's this room and they don't see the workroom in the back. They couldn't see. So what changes so did they, you
1: make to the, so you changed that in the pizzeria? Yes. We
0: opened up the dining room, basically. There was a room behind the dining room that the previous mm-hmm. owner was going to turn into a bar, but that never happened. So once we opened up those, there were actually, it wasn't a wall. It was like French doors. Once we opened those French doors and finished off that room, people were like, oh, I never knew that was behind there. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, wait, there's more because if you go But I didn't want them to go where I'm going to say they were. But behind all that was like a Quonset hut building where we had the flower shop workroom. So we still did an occasional funeral for like a special family friend Mm -hmm. or we still did the occasional wedding or I was still making my helper was still making silk arrangements that we were selling in the dining room. So Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. people didn't know that was back there, they just they just couldn't fathom how that was going to work. Instead mm. of just trusting me that
1: I knew that there was yeah, you had there. a vision, right. Yeah. For something. How, so then did you, you sold that a couple years later then before you moved to Florida? Was that the progression?
0: Yes. I sold it to my manager. Okay. She had worked for the previous owner
1: and she had quite
0: a bit of experience and she, mm-hmm. you know, she was ready to branch. She wanted to buy it. And so I sold it to her and then, She rebranded it and renamed it, and I was kind of sad about that because I really liked the name, but (laughs) it was hers now, so I had to
1: had to let it go. (laughs) Yeah, and then that funded your move to Florida, exactly. So I need to buy a pizzeria and sell it, and then we can buy our Florida home. We, I'm really excited to dive into your herb gardening specialties. This is something that I uh, gardening is. Most definitely not my forte, but I want it to be. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm, I look at all these gorgeous gardens and I just, there's, there has to be so much satisfaction in growing your own food and knowing that you've been part of the process and herbs included. So, anyways, I'm very excited to learn from you. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, stay tuned for a speed round of this or that with Kim and we're going to hear more of her expert advice on niche herb gardening right when we come back. You have tried at all. Worried you will never lose the extra weight or reclaim the energy you once enjoyed? Want to achieve fat loss without spending hours in a gym or eliminating entire food groups from your diet? Well, now you can. In the virtual Faster Way to Fat Loss with Ana, my six-week fitness and nutrition program, you will learn how to pair effective 30-minute workouts with all-natural evidence-based nutritional strategies to leverage what you eat and when you eat to reset your metabolism and burn fat fast, even that stubborn belly fat. I am a dual certified nurse practitioner passionate about teaching sustainable strategies to promote fat loss and prevent disease. I have cheered on thousands of clients who have done just that with the Faster Way program. In my six-week program, the average client currently sheds seven inches of body fat. 93% report more energy, and 89% state that their mental health has improved. 100% of clients report they feel this program is sustainable. Curious to try the program but not sure if the strategies will work for you? Try the Faster Way strategies for free. Head to www.hammersandhugs.com and sign up for my free 7-Day Fat Loss Accelerator course today and start your own transformation story. We are back here with Kim. All right, we're going to play this or that. Two options, no stress at all, whichever one comes to mind first. Would you rather pizza or stromboli? Pizza. What's your favorite pizza? Sausage and mushroom. With Sausage. The <laughs> oh my goodness. I've never heard of this combination, but it sounds amazing. Sausage, and mushroom with what? Garlic. Crushed garlic. Ooh, that sounds amazing, actually. Do you saute the mushrooms before you put them on? No. So you just slice fresh mushrooms and then layer them on the pizza. Do you put olive oil or anything over it?
0: No. Well, there is a little bit of oil in the garlic, but no. There's okay. a, traditionally, we use <laughs> a red... We I don't even own it anymore, but <laughs> use the red sauce. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. A, um, okay, traditional... It's kind of a trying to say, anyway, it's a thin crust. The pizzeria that I had sold three different kinds of crust, but my favorite is the thin crust. Yeah. With the traditional red sauce, then the sausage, the mushrooms, and then the garlic across the top.
1: That sounds, sausage and mushroom sounds delicious. I love mushrooms. What's that? With cheese, of course. (laughs) Of course. With cheese. Who eats pizza without cheese? Does anyone (laughs) eat pizza without cheese? I don't know if we can be friends. (laughs) We can be friends. It's just my respect level has declined. (laughs) Cheese is delicious. Okay. All right. Would you rather candy or baked goods? Mm, Candy. What's your favorite candy? Anything chocolate. In fact, today is National Dark Chocolate Day. Did you know that? (laughs) Is it really? (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, there you go. Ladies, this won't air on the day that we've recorded it, but just take this as your excuse to enjoy some dark chocolate on behalf of Kim's celebration of Dark Chocolate Day. I had no idea. There's a day for everything. There everything. is. Everything. Okay. Would you rather herbs or flowers in terms of gardening? Would you rather garden herbs or flowers?
0: Oh, that's a good question.
1: Can I say both? <laughs> you can. Yeah. Yeah. Does one get you more excited than the other? Not now,
0: that I, but originally herbs. Well, technically, originally when I got started, it was scented geraniums,
1: which Ooh. I think are technically an herb. Oh, I didn't know that. Can you cook with scented geraniums? You can. and you what cook with the, the leaves, world? not the flowers. Fascinating. I did not know that is showing my ignorance right now I would actually have to Google a geranium. I'm trying to picture what a geranium looks like. Is it the ball? Does it have like a little ball on top?
0: Well that's yeah that's a regular zonal geranium. Oh. But a scented geranium have you heard of those mosquito plants that have like a flat leaf? You'd think I'd have one in my office. <laughs> in your
1: Florida Florida home.
0: Yes, I, had to I don't have to Google all one. these things. Handy, Interesting. yeah, scented geraniums are known for their obviously scents and their leaves, and they just have little itty bitty tiny flowers. So, huh. but most people, when they hear geranium, they think of the red traditional geraniums like you see in the summer. Okay. You don't Yeah.
1: those. <laughs> okay. So, scented geraniums are different. Well, since we're already talking about gardening, let's dive into this. There are several different types of niche herbal gardening techniques that you have mentioned on your website, which I find so fascinating. So let's talk about some of these ideas. So if any of you want to start your own little herb garden, here are a couple like little, it's almost like kits that you're creating in a sense. It's like sort of sectioning your garden for different purposes, which I think is fun. So let's start with a tea garden. If you wanted a tea garden, you said you create tea blends. What would somebody consider putting in a tea garden?
0: Well, definitely uh, one or more of the mints, but you have to okay. be careful how you plant your mints because they can take over your yard. So you'd want mints.
1: What's a tip for planting mint? Just as a,
0: I would recommend plant well either plant it in a container that's not going to go in the ground. That's probably the okay. best idea. Then it is going to be that it will definitely be contained. If you want to. I feel like I'm yelling. If you want to put no it worries. in your
1: garden. <laughs> She's real excited um, about mint gardening.
0: <laughs> if you want to put it in your garden, then you plant it in a pot and then plant uh-huh. the pot in the ground. And that will help
1: contain the roots. Interest. That's such a great tip that I've never done. Okay. So you could almost just plant them in what they come in, right? Or do well, you need a bigger pot? A little,
0: you'd want to go a little bigger. Because they come in the little four-inch pots. So you'd probably want to go to a six you know, or an eight-inch
1: pot, depending on how much space you want. And then you just bury it. Well, there you go. That's an amazing tip right there. And then is there a mint? Because I went to plant mint a couple of years ago, and there was so many varieties. I had no idea. And then I was unsure. I was nervous to plant them because I'm like, I don't know if this is the mint I actually like. So what would you plant i like peppermint I just, so i love peppermint tea yes i would just start with a peppermint okay
0: long time ago they had a i'm not i'm not real good about the latin terminology so i don't oh. know if it was a cultivar or what but it was called candy cane okay. mint okay that was my signature mint way back in the day and i had this candy cane mint frosting Ooh.
1: It was delicious. Amazing. <laughs> so Chocolate wait, frosting. okay, hold on. Now I'm like super distracted by this concept. So you made a frosting from mint herbs?
0: Yes, you make an infusion of the herb leaves. An infusion is a liquid or a strong tea, and then you okay. use that infusion as your liquid in your frosting or icing or whatever you want to call that stuff you put on top of your cake. Wow. That sounds okay. Frosting normally, but
1: yeah, frosting, icing, whatever. I'm my mouth is watering now. Okay, so let's press pause on that because I definitely want to hear more about how to create infusions out of and mint is like one of my favorites. So, okay, let's talk about that with the dessert garden cuz that I've had no idea such a thing was even possible. So, we put mint in our tea garden. What else would you put in your tea garden? Chamomile. Okay. Some
0: people are allergic to that, but chamomile would be in your tea garden. Lavender. Mm, true. Mm-hmm. that I mentioned though. <laughs>
1: okay, so Cenodranium's mint, lavender, chamomile. So right there, uh, you guys, you have four. At least four. Pineapple Which sage. of those do you mix? Sage. Okay. Pineapple
0: sage. Not regular. Not regular like sage you put in your turkey, but it's called pineapple sage.
1: It's a sweeter sage. Pineapple sage. Pineapple sage. Okay, there's five so far, guys. Write these down. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you then make the tea out of these herbs? Like loose leaf teas? Yes, that is? you harvest the
0: leaves. So you can either use them fresh or you can dry them. If you're going to use fresh herbs, you're going to use much, much more. After mm-hmm. you harvest them and you wash them and you've them dry, then you want to either snip them, cut them. Somehow you have to bruise them and that's what releases the oil. And the oil is what mm. is where the flavor is, the flavors in the
1: oil inside the leaves. That is so fascinating. And do you have a blog post that is spelling that out on how to actually make? I believe I do. I think
0: there's one called Timely Tips and then there's a Midwestern Tea
1: Blend that's talking about making them. Okay, so I, Timely I think that Tips. People. Yes, timely tips for tea. Okay, I mean, my editor. I'll find that for you all, guys. For those of you listening and watching, and we'll make sure that's included in the show notes. So you have this great list of herbs to put in your tea garden, and then we'll make sure there's that link so that you can actually figure out how to make your tea then with these amazing herbs. So let's talk about a fragrance garden. But well, oddly would you enough, put in a fragrance garden,
0: <laughs> enough, and I may get ahead of things. Your tea garden and your fragrance garden are close to being the same herbs it's just depending mm-hmm. on how you're going to want to use them okay. also in your fragrance garden you might want to add rosemary
1: oh rosemary
0: yeah hmm. it's very fragrant <laughs> most people don't want to make tea with it because it can be kind of bitter but it does am- it makes amazing fragrance
1: Are there certain, like, if somebody, because I'm just envisioning, I mean, an herb garden could also be designed so many different ways. Like, all of these can be vertically grown, right? Like, if someone doesn't have a big plot, is that, what's that? Definitely. They definitely could be grown in. They don't all have to
0: be in the ground, and some actually do better in a pot as opposed, oh, I forgot one of them.
1: Lemon verbena is another great tea. Ooh, That would be a good one. That would be fragrant too, wouldn't it? Yes. Okay. So this tea garden and fragrance garden are really, which I love this because basically they smell delicious. And then you can use them for tea as well. That's lovely.
0: Yes. And you can also use them as cut flowers, arrangements.
1: I'm trying to picture what all of those, I'd be so curious to see. What those all look like? This you guys, I'm so ignorant. Don't think <laughs> you're ignorant. You just haven't thought about it. I don't even know if I can picture what they all look like. So that's so interesting. So they would also work as cut flowers. Yes. Hmm. And then it would smell really good. Do they all smell okay together? Or are there certain ones that would like I'm just imagining you bring all of these in an arrangement into your home? Do they smell weird if they're all together? Or do certain ones pair better?
0: certain ones do pair better so you might want to pour some people like different smells but so you just yeah or sense so you just kind of want to play around with that
1: i love that mint and lavender is a really good combination i do know that i love that combo yes that would be delicious (laughs) yeah it's very fresh it's very fresh smelling okay i'm very excited about this now i might get some pots What happens? Can these all be grown? So like we're in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, obviously a very different zone than Florida. Can these be grown in pots just about anywhere? What happens in the winter? Okay. Well, that would be depending on your zone. Okay. What am I? Most
0: zones, you would need to to bring them inside. Either treat them as annuals and start over or bring them inside and put them in your most sunny location.
1: And then where, like, what time of the year am I planting them in the pots for outside? Your frost-free date. So... Frost-free, which in this area is more like Mother's Day.
0: Exactly. I was going to say, we were in Illinois, we were in either 6A or 6B, I'm not sure. Anyway, we were in 6, so we would always say after Mother's Day. Now, if they're in small enough pots, put them out sooner, you can bring them into your garage or whatever, but... To be on the safe side, I always waited till after Mother's Day to plant those things outside in the garden.
1: So we're in a rental house right now waiting to buy property. But for years, the tradition in our house was Mother's Day. My kids and my husband that Saturday is when we would plant everything. So like we plant our garden, we would plant flowers. And one year I built these raised flower beds. This was at our second Fixer Upper House. These really... And I was so impatient. I was like, it's warm. It was, I think, just maybe even two weeks before Mother's Day, we planted all kinds of stuff. And then we got that freak frost over. It killed everything. I remember being like, I hate Pennsylvania. So anyways, all that to say, make sure you know your zone. I will not make that mistake again. I was so devastated. It like killed so many different... I was like babying them. I felt like my children had just gotten sick and died. It was very sad. Anyway, yes. so wait till Mother's Day if you're in zone 5, 5, and 6, I would guess.
0: Yes, the USDA has a wonderful zone map. And there are some links on in different blog posts to the USDA zone map. So I will say the one of the very, very best things about living in Florida is I can have blooming plants outside all your rest. So I will say I do love that.
1: (laughs) That really is amazing. I would love that too. It's just so nice when, yeah, it feels fresh. I like that idea. Okay. So let's see if I can remember them. So you guys, this is a tea garden that also works as a fragrance garden. This is like so much bang for your buck here. See if I can remember them. So we've got rosemary, lemon verbena, peppermint, the scented geraniums, lavender, rosemary. Did I get them? Six. I think you got them. Look at that. And I only had one cup of coffee so far, guys. That was impressive. I'm (laughs) easily impressed with myself. So that was six. And I love this idea. It's a tea garden. It's a fragrance garden. We shared the link. We're going to make sure that you have that link to be able to make your tea and have that too. So let's touch on... So we have a culinary garden and then a dessert garden. So I'm sure there's a little bit of crossover Possibly for both, maybe not. I say that like I know what I'm talking about. I do not. So tell me a little bit about culinary garden and dessert garden. And then, so I don't forget to ask, do you have any information on how to create that infusion on your website? Yes. It's
0: in several different blog posts, but it's definitely in the timely tips for tea.
1: Okay. So the infusion, as well as like the loose leaf tea concept, is. Okay, so timely tips for tea will teach you how to do the infusion as well as make tea. We'll make sure that my editors link that. Okay, so tell me about a culinary herb garden and then a dessert herb garden.
0: Your culinary is broader than your dessert garden, but your culinary garden is going to have your oregano, your chives, in addition to all the other ones that we've already talked about. But the culinary one would be dills, a wonderful, wonderful herb, because that can go in a lot of different things. And dill and chives are very easy to grow. Fennel kind of tastes like licorice. It might be the secret ingredient in our pizza spice. But
1: (laughs) Interesting. Now I'm really curious to taste that because I don't like licorice, but I'm wondering if I would like it if it's in combination with other, like black licorice.
0: You've probably had sausage before that had fennel in it and just really didn't Mm -hmm. realize it. But yeah, Mm. it's like a, white licoricey taste.
1: Man, I love sausage. I'm very hungry. This whole <laughs> conversation's making me very hungry between mint frosting and sausage pizza. All right. Kim and I will see you later. We're gonna go get lunch. Okay, so chives are also the ones that have the pretty flowers on top, right? Yeah. The little purpley Yes. And you can eat those. You can eat chive blossoms. You can? Yes. Ooh, how do you get those down? Do you cook them? No, you just kind of sprinkle them
0: over like a salad or something.
1: Interesting. I have never done that. Maybe I have eaten it and I just didn't know it, which was probably a good thing. I love chives though. The chives are delicious. And I've also learned that they are a lot of herbs, in my opinion, are not necessarily better fresh than not. But I feel like chives definitely pack more of a punch when they're fresh. Hazel would also, and cilantro, I feel like, are the other two that I really um, like. Yes.
0: Now, I will be perfectly honest. There are a few herbs that I don't really, didn't really use and don't really know about because I didn't really appreciate them at the time, and that would be cilantro. It's a hit or miss. People love it or they don't. I do have a wonderful recipe on the blog, my pineapple salsa. It's Ooh. probably the prettiest Dish that I have ever made in my entire life, this pineapple salsa. Mm -hmm. And it It does does have the cilantro in it, and it is beautiful and delicious.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds amazing. I love sweet and salty salsas like mango salsa, which is probably Mm -hmm. really similar to pineapple salsa. And I love cilantro. Okay. We'll make sure that recipe also gets onto the show notes. Pineapple salsa with cilantro. That sounds amazing. Okay. So tell me about a dessert garden. I feel like a culinary garden, a lot of you know kind of what you like in terms of the fresh culinary, but this concept of a dessert garden is really, really fascinating. So tell me about a dessert garden and then give me some recipes that we can make from these dessert garden herbs.
0: All right. Well, your your dessert garden is basically the same as your tea garden. It's just a different way to look at your herbs. Okay, And I like to say that I coined the phrase a dessert garden. I don't know that I did, but until someone tells me that they made it up first. Until
1: someone tells you otherwise, you (laughs) coined it.
0: (laughs) So with your dessert herbs, your mints, rosemary, lavender, your scented geraniums, your lemon verbena, Mm. basically you're going to incorporate those into your dessert recipes. Like pineapple sage is wonderful over just a bowl of fresh fruit. Or mm-hmm. we talked about the candy cane mint chocolate frosting, which that whole my whole love of chocolate and geraniums is how this journey even got started. <laughs> so it's all because I wanted to own a tea garden or a tea restaurant, or what are they call it tea shop, and <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was going to be called Just Desserts because all I was going to serve was flourless chocolate cake with a cent of geranium in the middle of the table and we were gonna have iced tea.
1: That was my whole menu. Ooh.
0: How that successful do you think bliss. that would have been? <laughs> so Yeah.
1: Yeah. The concept sounds yummy. So what do you give me some examples of recipes that you have that would incorporate these for sure? Do you have the peppermint chocolate, the mint chocolate frosting recipe? I do not have it on the website yet it was always one of those
0: things that i held close to my vest.
1: <laughs> yeah i mean i can understand it sounds amazing.
0: so i could work i should probably work on putting that out there but
1: so the concept is basically really what we need to know i guess is how to make the mint infusion.
0: yeah. yes your i call them herbal condiments. that's another thing that right. i liked like to say that i came up with. not sure i did that either but your herbal condiments are your honeys, sugars, vinegars you put the herbs in those things and then you use like you use the herbal vinegar in a wacky cake in place of regular vinegar
1: you Interesting. use your
0: minted sugar you just you put that in like a shaker like a sugar shaker you uh-huh. shake the bottom of your brownie pan before you put your brownies in there and then Whoa, after you bake wait, them, hold on
1: okay this also sounds delicious so the mint sugar This isn't a liquid now. Like these are just the herbs.
0: Right. It's the white table sugar and the herbs, the dried herbs.
1: So you've chopped up your peppermint really, really well.
0: And because you're using the sugar shaker, what comes out is the sugar, not the mint. But it's been sitting in the mint has been sitting in the sugar long enough that the sugar has now tastes like mint. And so then it's going to be flavoring your chocolate brownies.
1: Oh, That also sounds fabulous. How long does the sugar and mint need to sit together? And then how much mint per cup of sugar? It's, I
0: usually let it sit for a couple of weeks to make sure it's all blended together. So you got to think ahead.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. So you're actually like creating. So like if I got one of those like OXO, the OXO containers, and I have X amount of sugar in it and then I sprinkle in the peppermint. So how much do I need to put together?
0: Oh, I'm going to say roughly like just a, if you're using the dried herbs, probably, and I'll have to double check this, but like a tablespoon of dried peppermint to a cup of sugar. Okay. You, you put it in your container and let it, you know, let it sit. And then a couple weeks later, it's ready to go. And these are just dried leaves.
1: Yes. Yeah. Okay. How long do you dry your leaves for? Like, how do you dry your leaves? You just said, I know nothing. You just like set leaves out and let them dry. <laughs> You could use a dehydrator or you could just set them
0: out and let them dry, or you can cut them and hang them and dry them in a
1: like dry dry roses or something. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. How long do you let them dry for? Like flip upside down and dry?
0: Depending on your humidity level until when they're dry, because you're going to touch the leaf and it's just going to fall apart.
1: And it falls apart.
0: Now, if you don't want to wait, you can always buy, even on Amazon, because I've done it since we've been down here. Is a a bag of dried peppermint,
1: right? Okay, you and could just that. also buy your yeah. I love this whole concept though because the French country like decor is just uh, my favorite, and all of the French homes you always see these like these flower bouquets or herbs hanging upside down and drying. And I've never even thought about the fact that you could then like maybe there's a purpose to them. They're actually creating their own herbs. So, this makes me very excited. Okay. So, then basically, we need to put one tablespoon of the dried peppermint leaves into one cup of sugar. So, if you guys just want to like try this once without using up an entire bag of sugar, realistically, like we could just do that with two cups of sugar. And then when you make your brownies or cake, I mean, this could go in anything that would taste good with mint.
0: Yeah. It could go, you know, you could even use it in your. Your coffee, your tea, whatever kind of beverage. But yes, it's wherever you would use sugar
1: and you wanted a hint of mint, you would use that. That's in... where you would. That sounds so amazing. Okay. So there's one concept, you guys. Lots of ways to use the mint. Is there another one that comes to mind that you would frequently use from your dessert garden?
0: Oh, let's see. Oh, herbal honey. I like to put mm-hmm. lavender in honey Ooh. and then you put that over just vanilla ice cream. I mean, some things are just so simple yeah. that yeah. you just. Can't believe how simple they are when you start thinking about it.
1: How do you strain, how do you create the honey? Gently heat the honey so it's more liquefied. Mm -hmm.
0: Then you put that in a sterilized jar and then you sprinkle some herbs in there. And again, let it sit and age for several weeks before you use it.
1: Okay, so that one does have some of the herbs in it. That one's not like straining, which would make sense. Yeah, that would taste really good. I've never thought about lavender and honey. Okay, lavender and honey,
0: or the mint and honey.
1: Mm.
0: Let me think. What else are the easy, the easy peasy ones?
1: Of course, when I'm thinking about it, I just went blank. <laughs> no. Yeah, no worries. What about the the lemon? Is there a good way to use? I love lemon desserts.
0: The lemon verbena, of course, would make a wonderful either cold or hot tea. And I just remembered one of my other star dessert herbs is anise hyssop. Mm. It's also delicious over fruit and does have really pretty blossoms that you can use. I
1: have no sense of what that looks like or tastes like or smells like. Anise hyssop. It smells kind of like
0: licorice and okay. it has a blossom kind of like a, it's in the salvia family. I believe there's pictures on the website. <laughs>
1: so. Y'all need to go visit Tim's <laughs> website because there's all kinds of amazing ideas. We'll try to link as many of them as we can so you can get right to right to where you want to go. I'm very excited to try a bunch of these. I love the fact that there's so much crossover for somebody who's very clueless when it comes to gardening. So you can basically, with these six, seven herbs, create a tea garden, a fragrance garden, and a dessert garden. And you can do it anywhere. Put them in your pots and like your pots on your back porch or do I uh, just Google vertical hanging gardens. There's so many ideas. One of my last questions is, are any of these specifically need to be like fenced? I'm trying to like deer or rabbits or squirrels, or are they not as appealing if I someone prob- plants them like in their backyard? Yeah. I probably
0: don't know as much about that as I probably should. I would say that you probably need to protect them because the rabbits probably yeah. would eat them.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I feel like just in general, there's so many vertical garden ideas. And the nice thing about them is it also saves space. So I feel like an herb garden in my head just would work better with a vertical design anyway. I'm excited to try this this summer. The girls and I are going to... This is on my to-do list now this summer. This is fun. I'll make sure I tag you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see what you do. <laughs> I can't wait to try it. This is my excuse now to eat all the desserts because I have to taste test this dessert garden concept. Kim, I where can people find more of you and follow you and check out all of your amazing ideas? Well, all of my social media
0: accounts are under from... Farmhouse to Florida. The website, of course, is www.fromfarmhouse, but I can't talk, com.
1: Well, it was such an honor having you on here. I was so sweet. Kim was like, I'm really nervous. I was <laughs> like, don't worry. Don't worry. You're going to do amazing. And I am really excited. I love your expertise and your story. It's truly an honor having you on here. And I just pray God's blessing over your heart, your home, your sweet garden there in Florida, and all of the lives that you're touching. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts from today. Head to your preferred podcasting platform and give the show an honest review and let me know what you think. Remember, you cannot be redefined, only redeveloped one imperfect day at a time. Your story matters and you are loved.